Time had run out, but it didn't matter. Rescuers didn't care that they'd been working for over 20 hours straight to free a man named John. A promise was made that they would work until he was out, breathing or not. Little did they know, John would never escape the tunnel he was trapped in. This is the story of John Edward Jones and his fateful misadventure into Nutty Putty Cave in Utah. I'm Tatiana, and this is Occurrence. Nutty Putty Cave, located in Utah, is no ordinary cave. First explored in 1960, this cave is famous for its slippery, narrow passageways filled with twists and tight squeezes that challenge even the most experienced splunkers. It was a local favorite, attracting Boy Scout troops, college students, and adventure seekers alike, with around 5,000 visitors a year, despite being considered a beginner-friendly cave. Nutty Putty consists of multiple sections, each with unique names like the birth canal, the scout eater, and the maze. Surprisingly, the entrance to Nutty Putty is not the starting point of the tunnel system. To access it, you have to hike up a large hill and then descend into a hole in the ground. The formation of Nutty Putty is the result of hypogenic process. Superheated water forced its way through limestone, eating away at the rock above and creating the intricate cave shafts. Fun fact, the cave would even ooze goo, which led to the naming inspiration for the popular toy Silly Putty. With a length of over 1,300 feet and a depth of nearly 150 feet, Nutty Putty is not for the faint of heart. Now on to John Jones. John, a 26-year-old medical student studying to become a doctor, lived with his wife and one-year-old daughter in Virginia. Despite being far away from the caves, John's love for splunking never waned. In his youth, he would join his father, who co-founded Utah's cave rescue organization, to volunteer as a trapped victim for rescue practice. This passion for exploration would ultimately lead him to a terrible situation, though. On the night of November 24th, 2009, it was close to Thanksgiving. So John, Emily, and their daughter returned to Utah to celebrate with John's family. Excited for adventure, John, his brother Josh, and a group of family and friends obtained permits to explore Nutty Putty Cave, which had recently reopened to the public. It had been a while since John had last splunked, and he was excited for the challenges awaiting him. The group ventured into the cave, navigating through its intricate twists and turns. As they descended deeper, John's confidence grew. It was like getting back on a bike after not riding for a while. Hesitations faded and muscle memory took over. John and Josh, accompanied by two friends, decided to tackle the challenging final section of the cave called the birth canal. John was determined to be the first to find its entrance. But as they split up in search of the entrance, John unknowingly took a wrong turn. Thinking he had found the birth canal, he entered a narrow tunnel. The further he went, the narrower it became until he reached a section that appeared to widen a bit. He was trying to find a place big enough to turn around. Because with the birth canal, it's known to get really tight, and when you reach the end, there will be an opening just big enough to turn around and make your way back out. But instead, he found himself trapped in a 10-inch wide, 18-inch high fissure. Panic set in as John realized he was stuck, with one arm pinned beneath him, and unable to move. John's desperate cries for help caught the attention of his brother Josh, who tried to pull him out, but it only made things worse. John ended up sliding further down once his brother let go. John was trapped in a narrow fissure at a 70-degree angle, and he couldn't use his arms. 
he was completely unable to move. Josh realized how dire the situation was and left John with a friend while he went to call for help. Hours passed before rescuers arrived, but the first one to reach John was named Susie Matola. She introduced herself and asked John how he was feeling. And he says, Hi Susie, thanks for coming, but I really, really want to get out. And she told him not to worry. She would have him out of there quickly. She felt like she would be able to do this rescue in a snap. But as she tied rope into a knot around John's ankles, she realized she miscalculated. For the next few hours, she tried to free him. She had a rope around her waist so that if she got stuck, other rescuers could pull her out. She tried to cut away at his jeans to make more room for him to get out. She wrapped rope around his ankles to have other rescuers pull, but there wasn't enough leverage. Once she tried everything she could think of, she made her way back to the surface, and someone else took her place. Time passed as over 130 rescue workers worked nonstop to free John. They devised intricate systems, drilling into the cave walls and installing pulleys. But drilling into just six inches of rock would take about an hour, and each pass to deliver the gear to install the pulleys also took an hour. The clock was ticking, and the odds were against them. Time became the enemy as John's organs faced increasing danger from the inverted position he was trapped in. His heart struggled to pump blood against gravity while his lungs and brain were at risk of pulling blood. The risk of stroke and cardiac failure loomed over the rescue efforts. Eventually, John began hallucinating and panicking. Despite the unwavering dedication of the rescue workers, due to how engulfed in the tunnel John was, he had now been trapped for about 19 hours. But the pulley system was finished, and it was finally time to get him out. A team of eight descended into the cave to the pulley locations and began pulling him out. The progress was slow because they could only pull a little at a time. Each movement was painful for John, but after a few pulls, he was in a much better position. They had hope he would actually make it out. But his feet hit the ceiling and it caused him a lot of pain, so they let him rest. For 20 minutes, they let him rest. And during this time, Ryan, the rescuer closest to John, managed to slide down some food and a drink and had him speak to his wife with the radio. They had lifted him enough to where they made eye contact with him. Ryan said John looked tired, his eyes were red from crying, but were alert. He wasn't bleeding and he had a dirty face, but he managed to smile. It was time to pull again. They had 16 more feet left to pull John before he would be free and able to leave the cave. So they went to pull, but this time the rope went slack and everyone fell backwards. Ryan felt something hard strike his face before he lost consciousness. When he came to, he realized his blood was everywhere. The stone arch above John, the one that they anchored the rope to, had shattered. A key bolt broke off the wall and a metal carabiner struck Ryan in the face. His jaw was broken, his tongue was practically in half, and his eyes were swollen. There was so much dust in the air, and Ryan could barely talk, but he realized that John slid all the way back down into the fissure. Unfortunately, Ryan had to leave John because of his injuries and get medical treatment, but Ryan was replaced by his own father, Dave Schertz. John was obviously in despair, and he kept cycling through, repeating that he would never get out, and asking about Ryan. Dave worked to try and free John while he waited for more gear to reinstall the pulley. He wrapped rope around John's waist to try to get him out that way, 
but he got stuck himself and it took him 15 minutes to get free. Eventually, John fell silent and his breathing slowed. They tried to have Emily speak to him on the radio one more time, but he was unconscious and didn't respond. He never woke up. They sent a paramedic down to check on John just before midnight on November 25th, 2009, and John Jones was declared dead. The devastating loss of John shook his family to the core. They grappled with the fact that the cave, which had once been their playground, had become John's eternal resting place because the rescuers were unable to retrieve John's body. He couldn't help them anymore. He couldn't push himself up. He couldn't twist himself around the rocks that were causing them so many issues to begin with. So the family agreed. They didn't want to put any more rescuers in danger. The decision was made to seal off the cave permanently. And on December 2nd, the entrance to Nutty Putty Cave was sealed with concrete and explosives, ensuring that no one else would experience a similar fate. A plaque now stands as a memorial honoring John's life and the love he shared with his family. And it says, on November 25th, 2009, our beloved John passed away at this site. He was a loving father, a kind husband, a loyal son, and a true and cherished friend. Those who knew John best will remember his faith and his caring heart. Thank you for showing us how to make eternity our covering and our rock and our salvation as we journey here on earth. We love and miss you. End quote. So what do you think? Could John have been spared or saved? Something I didn't know before researching this topic is that the sheriff's office originally closed Nutty Putty five to six years earlier. They closed it because they were tired of the regular trips they had to take out there to rescue tourists. Previously, rescues ranged from single adventures to groups of people. All of them lived, but in 2004, a 16-year-old boy got stuck in the same exact tunnel that trapped John. He also thought the tunnel continued, even though it didn't. It took 14 hours for them to rescue him, and he was hospitalized for three days after. Apparently, that rescue was a very close call. And not even a month after that, another person had to be rescued from Nutty Putty. All of that combined caused them to feel the cave was just too dangerous to stay open to the general public. But over time, people protested and petitioned, so they reopened the cave. Six months after reopening, one of the most infamous caving deaths happened with John. Knowing that, do you think they should have reopened the cave? Leave your thoughts in the comments. I'd love to read them. All sources can be found at the website linked in the description. This podcast is available wherever you prefer to stream podcasts, and a video version is available on YouTube. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.